Hello, and welcome to the Growing Facts Podcast. In this podcast, you'll follow along as we find answers to all the burning questions about fetal development and help pregnant people make informed choices from facts, not fear. My name is Shalaka Shah, and I'm finishing my PhD in child psychology with a focus on the effects of prenatal stress on the development of the baby. I'm also in the process of getting pregnant by IVF. I'm Dr. Allison Baker. I'm a physician specializing in internal medicine with a particular interest in obstetrical medicine, and I'm also soon to be a mother of twins. Last episode was a science episode in which we answered the question, how do natural disasters affect pregnancy? In today's episode, Chalaka and I are chatting about how her IVF is doing, as well as recent changes in pregnancy, including emotional changes and musculoskeletal pains. So, Shalaka, why don't you start and tell us where you're at in your IVF process? Yeah, so uh, two days ago, I had my egg retrieval, and yeah, I know, it's exciting. I gotta say, I was so nervous going in because it's like, it isn't a surgical, I, I don't know if you call it surgical, it's an operation for sure. I had to have local anesthetic. I was on drugs, so my recall of actually what happened, a little bit flimsy. I gotta admit, I got some details filled in by my husband afterwards because he was there, and I was like, what happened exactly? <laughs> but... <laughs> Oh, yeah, those drugs will play with your head. <laughs> they did. But you know what? As someone who is like anxious about medical things and who does not like pain, I was very, very thankful for the drugs. For sure, it was really helpful. And so basically, that was uh, that was two days ago. And a couple of days before that was like the last of the injections whose purpose was to stimulate the follicles and to make them as big as possible. And basically, what they do during the egg retrieval is that they kind of puncture through with a needle that has a suction. And they, they suction. Sorry, are you, they mm-hmm. going through your belly, through your natural canal? They go through my vaginal canal. And I believe because of the curvature of it, the needle obviously can't curve. So in order to reach the ovaries, they puncture through the vaginal wall, which is why you need the local anesthetic. Yeah. Um, but it's done with a pretty thin needle. And then from there, they suction all your, your follicles. So what I learned is that you can have follicles that are essentially empty that don't have eggs inside them. And they can't tell that from the ultrasound that they did before, you know, doing the egg retrieval. So they still take everything that's there, basically. And then um, there is an embryologist who's literally just like waiting to receive the, the sample who's right next door to the operation room and who immediately looks at everything under a microscope. So what he said was that I had 20 follicles, including both sides, and that out of those 20 follicles, 16 of them had eggs in them. And out of those 16, 14 of them were considered mature, as in they were big enough to be like adequately fertilized. And so then they took a sample, i.e. they took sperm from my husband at the same time. And I don't know if it was that night or the next day, they basically combined everything in the Petri dish. And then uh, yesterday, they called me to say, so out of the 14 mature eggs that you had, 11 of them were successfully fertilized. And then they call me again today to tell me that on day two, those 11 are still continuing to grow. So yeah, it seems really positive. And then although what they did say is that the major drop off, like not all of the fertilized eggs are going to make it to the day five stage, which is a really important stage, at which point they freeze them and they send them off for genetic testing. So they say that about 50 to 60% of the eggs that are still, sorry, not the eggs, the embryos that are growing on day 
three are going to make it to day five. So even though there's 11 now, I'm assuming maybe we'll have five or six at the end of this, and then they're going to freeze them and send them off for testing. So that's how it went. It's kind of like I was texting a friend about it earlier, and I'm kind of comparing it to like horse racing, because like every day I get like an update. And it's like, this is how it's going. This is this is who's on top and whatever. And at the end of the day five or day six, they actually assign like a grade to each embryo to be oh, like, really? okay, this is like grade A, grade B. I mean, you know me, Allison. I love being a straight A student. <laughs> so I'm like, go embryos. You can do it. <laughs> so so that's how it's going. So that went super well. And I've taken this whole week off in order to do the, the egg retrieval, even though I don't know that everybody takes a whole week off. But the only thing is that they said that because they removed 16 eggs, apparently that is a possible symptom of ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome which can occur because of all the drugs, right, that they're giving me. And so I guess 16 is a lot. I didn't I didn't feel any of the symptoms, but they said that I probably have it. So now I have to take medication for that. And like, I have to weigh myself every day and measure my waist size, because apparently you can gain like a lot of weight in a really short amount of time if you have ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome. And that means that your symptoms are more severe. So I have to like track myself and I have to drink like two liters of water every day. And I have have to drink a lot of Gatorade for the electrolytes. So I'm kind of dealing with that. But actually, I don't know that it it's making any difference in how I feel. I am always have to pee all the time because I'm constantly drinking water. But other than that, I'm definitely super bloated. Oh my God. <laughs> like I hadn't realized how bloated I was, but because I had to measure my waist circumference like two days ago versus today, I've already lost two inches on my waist from two days ago. So like the bloating must have been so intense and I didn't even realize because I was just wearing a lot of sweatpants, you know? <laughs> And because you were focusing on something else. Exactly. I really wasn't thinking about it all that much. And but like now that it's done and now that like we've got the 11 eggs, I just I had to spend a lot of time mourning this sort of natural conception thing because of people like, you know, when you're conceiving naturally and like that excitement of like finding out and doing the pregnancy test and all those things like that was a process that I had to grieve that I would never undergo that for us that we would always be very scientific. So now I feel like I'm leaning into the science and I'm like, oh, this is cool. And as soon as they implant it, I'm going to talk about it in this podcast. Like I'm really eager to talk about the pregnancy, hopefully when it happens. And I'm being super open and honest about it. But I know that that's really unusual. I know that most people aren't like immediately talking about these things. And it's kind of curious for you, Allison, like how did you go about talking about your pregnancy? Like are you openly talking about it outside of the podcast? Before I answer your question, I think it's super interesting that you talked about the fact that you had to go through part of a grieving process, which is absolutely normal. But I think it's great that you mention it because it is very different. There is something romantic about the notion of finding out of like, oh, we're going to try. And then suddenly the dick turns pink and you have to go and tell your partner and everybody's thrilled. In your situation, it was very different. And in mine, it was actually really different, too, because I've had two miscarriages. So the second and third time, we're like, okay, well, this is going to work. But it's also because if it doesn't work and you're a bit older like we are and you're starting to feel a bit more pressed for time, well, then it's not, well, let's see when it happens, right? So you're tracking your ovulation and you're saying, okay, well, I'm ovulating now, honey. So now's the time which is totally not romantic. So if you talk to people who have had difficulties getting pregnant, by the end, a lot of people 
are just fed up with having sex because it is not natural at all. Like this is not sexy sex. This is like it's it's become a task. Oh yeah, it's a job to do. So come on, let's go put it in. <laughs> wow. So I think it's important that we de-romanticize the process a bit also because it's it's not always all that great on the other side either. Right. But I'm glad that you found a way to turn it into a positive. I think that's great. And what about uh, like talking about the pregnancy itself once you did confirm that you were pregnant? Like, how did you do that? Yeah. So the first time my partner was so excited. So he basically told most of the people he knew. And then when I had a miscarriage, then he, we had to backtrack. And so that was relatively irritating. But it also meant that we got a lot of support because people were aware. And so we received a lot of affection from our friends because of that. So this time we did the ultrasound really early on at eight weeks. And then we repeated it at 10 weeks and at 12 weeks. So then start around 11 weeks, we were starting to be pretty sure that this was going to happen. So we started telling our families around that point. We were really happy about telling people. And especially since it's twins, I kind of had to announce it a bit earlier than a lot of people did. I know one of my colleagues waited until she was 20 weeks before announcing it to us. But starting at 11 weeks, if you saw me in a bikini, people were like glancing at me sideways going like, "Ah, that's... Like, did she just eat a lot of hot dogs or... (laughs) Yeah, too much bacon or something else is going. However... Although I was super thrilled about announcing it, I've had like a few bad experiences where people I didn't really know would kind of side glance at my belly and be like, hmm, or ask me why I wasn't drinking alcohol, like the undertone of being like, really? And it's like, I don't, I barely know you. Like, this is the third time in my life that I've talked to you. So I'm not going to tell you. So I actually had to put on a cover up because I wasn't feeling comfortable and an employee from the hospital, I think, learned it probably, it was probably a breach of confidentiality, the way she learned it. And then she came up to me in the corridor while I was talking to somebody else. And there were tons of patients around me. And she was like, so thrilled about the fact that I was pregnant that she just blurted it out and was like, how's it going? And I (laughs) am already pretty cranky. But to be outed like that when you're not ready, it just felt so wrong. And I was super angry at her for doing that because either you're guessing or you know, which you shouldn't know, but you know about it. And you decided not to wait until I felt comfortable to tell you, which I thought was very irritating. I also had one of the people that works near my office. At one point, she just looked at me and this was a couple months ago. And she's like, wow, you're so pale. Are you pregnant? (laughs) And I was like, uh, no, what are you talking about? And then when I did announce my pregnancy, she was like, oh, so the time that I asked you, were you actually pregnant? I was like, I don't think I was. But either way, for sure, I would have lied to you. I don't understand why you asked me that question. Like, just don't ask. And she's like, oh, you're young people. You don't tell as soon as we did before. Before we told immediately, we'd be on uh, leave as soon as we got pregnant. And I'm like, 
but nobody announces it when they're six weeks. Like, like nobody's gonna just yell it to the world at the very beginning as soon as they pee on the stick because there's one chance in three or something like that to have a miscarriage. So obviously most people are gonna keep it to themselves and their close family and friends until they're ready to say it. So anyway, so all of those <laughs> really got on my nerves. And uh, since the beginning of my pregnancy, I noticed that I'm a bit crankier and I've always been a bit pigheaded. So when I've had these three moments where these people were like kind of pushing into knowing about my pregnancy, I just felt like going, well, I'm just gonna not tell you guys until I'm like 35 weeks until I'm a beluga whale and I'm just gonna keep on denying it to your faces because I was just, <laughs> just so mad about it. Yeah, I mean, it's incredibly intrusive to ask about someone's pregnancy. It's like you don't go around asking people how their menstrual cycles are going. So like, why are you asking about my pregnancy? It's so weird. Right. And so right now I'm 18 weeks and my belly is absolutely showing because I have twins. So I am not at all discreet anymore. So it's good that I've announced it because my patients all guess that I'm pregnant now. They just look at me and they're like, oh, wow, congratulations. But a couple of weeks ago, when my patients started doing that, I was like, wow, you guys are really courageous or really dumb. Like, I'm not sure. Like, this just seems like not a good move. Like, like at that point, I could have just gone back. <laughs> like, at this point, not really. But at that point, I was like, okay, well, you're right. <laughs> this time... Yeah. May I suggest you not try it again? I mean, I just think it's wild. It's an assumption about what is happening with your body and then deciding to comment on it. And like, in what circumstance is that ever okay? I don't know. I think if they want you to know, they'll tell you. If you need to know, they'll tell you. And every other circumstance is none of your business. Like you could literally be 35 weeks pregnant. And if your pregnancy has no effect on them or the work, because we're talking about colleagues here too, which maybe that's partly more, even more egregious because you work in a hospital and like some of your medical care is being received in the hospital. So these transgressions of like confidentiality and boundaries is happening in your workplace, as well as in the place where you are receiving your medical treatment. Yeah. But in the end, so I did end up um, announcing my pregnancy. So I went on all the floors on every ward and I just like told all the nursing staff and I was like, guys, I have an announcement. So I, at a couple of places, I actually got up on a chair and then I turned sideways and I patted my belly and I was like, guys, this isn't bacon. It was actually something that I thought was super fun to do because that way they don't have to guess and everybody knows it's out in the open. So now when they want to congratulate me, they know that it's okay. Right. And I got to say on my end, I'm relieved too, because whenever I've been explaining to people the premise of this podcast, um, sometimes I'd have to skirt <laughs> around the issue that you are pregnant. <laughs> having known for longer than, than other people. <laughs> if I'm telling a mutual friend who knows you before, I'd be like, yeah, we're going to talk about my IVF, I guess. And then <laughs> didn't want to out you. I, I forgot to mention one of the reasons why I was so mad about hospital employee outing me is that my parents don't live in the same city as me. So I wanted to make sure that my parents knew about it before the whole hospital knew about it. And certainly maybe it'll help with the crankiness. Uh, you think I'm going to be less cranky? You tell me, like, how bad is it? Well, it's better, but um, right now, and I've had this for a couple of weeks now, my, my ribs on the right side are really annoying. 
Like right now, I'm talking to you and my right arm is straight up in the air because that's the only position that I'm comfortable in. Otherwise, I have this really annoying pain in my ribs. And apparently it's because of the hormones that are making my ligaments slacker so that my diaphragm is getting bigger and my ribs too. And it's just so annoying. Oh my God, Allison, are you kidding me? No, and I was like, I thought this would get like later on when my uterus was like up to my liver but that's not the case like my uterus isn't that big but my ribs are really annoying me right now so I asked for an appointment in physiotherapy and so I'm hoping that um that'll help is this where like all the prenatal massages and stuff come in too like is this the time to start honestly I don't know the pain is really like in between ribs so it's not a great place to massage I guess the physio will like give you ways of adjusting your body that's going to make you feel better. I hope so. Next episode, we'll do a follow up on my ribs. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's just like, I never, I've never heard that before from anyone who's pregnant. This is all like news to me. There's so many things I think that we kind of don't uh, really talk about. One of my friends, when she was pregnant, so she was five foot. And my godson was like 10 pounds when he was born. So he was huge. And so when she was pregnant, she was huge. So I remember her telling me that she had to spend a lot of her pregnancy with her arms stuck over her head. And I was like, oh my God, this is what I started. But I thought it would start later on. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. I hope you find the relief that you need for your poor ribs. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate the help. Um, actually, when I was when I did horseback riding, it kind of helped for my ribs. I don't know those evenings; it was a, a bit better. But this week was my last time, so officially, I had actually negotiated with my obstetrician to stretch it out until twenty weeks. But at this point, my belly just got so much bigger that I can't actually tie my pants, so I had to go. <laughs> <laughs> Took like the stretchiest horseback riding pants I had, and I couldn't tie them on because they were high waisted. So I had to just like flip my my t-shirt over it. And I was like, okay, well, this might be a bit much. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. That's like a really important source of self-care for you, your horseback riding lessons. It was super fun. I've been riding there for a while and I'm obviously the eldest in my group. Like the, the people I ride with are like between eight and 18. So I'm obviously way older. I had, it was so sweet. Like they, the mums uh, recorded me for my last, the last time that I did my gallop so that I would have a nice souvenir. What are you going to do instead of um, horseback riding for like physical movement and stuff? Yeah, so exercise in pregnancy is super important, but we're a bit more limited, right? When you're pregnant, you don't want to have any kind of trauma, so falls or hits or anything like that. So I could probably bike, but I really don't enjoy that that much. (laughs) So I'm taking up prenatal yoga. There's also prenatal water aerobics. But I don't know if I'm super comfortable doing that while COVID is still around. Mm. That's still kind of my preoccupations. If there was no COVID, I'd probably sign up for that. But now I'm thinking I won't be able to wear a mask in the pool. Probably not great ventilation. I don't know how the class is going to go. And I don't know. People don't have to be vaccinated to go into public buildings. So I'm a bit less comfortable doing that. Yeah. So you have to figure out what it is that you can do and what it is that you want to do at this point. Yeah. And it's also because I'm already super tired too. So probably my exercise is going to be yoga and walking the dog might just be just enough exercise for me. 
maybe people put expectations on themselves about how they should be feeling and what kind of exercise they think that they would be doing. But like already I've had to come up myself, I'm not even pregnant, but I've had to come up against this sort of rude reality of like, I'm someone who likes to work out a lot. I do a lot of Pilates, I row, I do yoga. And this week that I've taken off for egg retrieval, I've been so tired and so bloated. I worked out this morning and it was okay, but I was exhausted. And like, I have to work really hard to not be like, well, you only worked out twice this week. And normally you work out four days a week. You know, you're lazy because you didn't work out. And it's like, well, no, my body is like literally doing the most right now. I don't have the energy to do it and it's okay. And I can only imagine that it would be even worse in pregnancy. You're like growing another human being and that stuff is tiring. Your point is really good about how not a good idea to compare what's going on right now with what is your normal things. And you shouldn't be comparing yourself to other people either. Like I know one of my colleagues who's pregnant and she goes hiking and she goes up mountains and she's like almost bursting. And I'm like, holy, at nighttime, when I come back home, all I want to do is lie on the sofa and be like a couch potato. And I'm like, she goes hiking. She goes up mountains. (laughs) I'm like, that's her thing. I'm glad it's going well (laughs) right now. That's her path. It's not your path. That's it. I feel like I have to shepherd my energy and choose what I can do. So it's important that I do exercise. It's important that I walk. But going for a run or doing strenuous exercise is beyond my capacities right now. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to focus on more moderate exercises right now. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're basically listening to yourself and taking cues from your body. And that's probably the most important thing, right? Yeah. Hmm. We should do an episode on exercise and pregnancy be really interesting all right so i think we're gonna end on that note so thank you guys for tuning in today we hope that you learned something or at least had a bit of fun if you did enjoy it please go ahead and rate and like the podcast since we're a new podcast this is going to help us with the algorithm to make us more visible if you have questions or comments we would really love to hear from you and what your experience was like so we're on facebook and instagram under the name growing facts podcast or you can email us at growing facts with an s podcast at gmail.com All right. Bye, everyone.